Voices are exotic dancers enter one by one Make love to all of your orifices in your seduction Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. Today I've invited the Sheltons, that's Chris and Melissa Shelton, over to my house uh, so that we can talk a little bit about guns, uh, the Second Amendment. Uh, this is the second part of a two-part series. Uh, the first I had, the first conversation was with a fellow podcaster, Jesse, and I wanted to bring the Sheltons in. Obviously, I was looking for people to talk to, and they're people, and they both have something to say about the matter. Chris Shelton has his own podcast called Sensibly Speaking, and so he can talk talk and you'll hear him talk. Uh, Melissa, not as much, but when she does talk, she means what she says and she says something quite profound. So it was very nice of both of them to come on into the show. I'll wait for any further analysis and for the final thoughts after this episode. But for now, let's listen in to our discussion on gun control, gun safety, and the Second Amendment. So have you thought a lot about it or have you thought a little about it? A little bit, yeah. I've been so busy today that I've just been making (laughs) I don't really know where I stand on it. Like, I don't really know what to think exactly. Exactly with guns, because mm-hmm. it does seem like it's private property. Right, right. So there's an issue there. I yeah. should be able to own private property. I should be able right. to own property. Should be able to defend yourself, mm-hmm. but at the same time, some people maybe don't need guns. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I don't seem to need a gun. I don't yeah. want any guns. Yeah. I mean, I went to a gun show today. I was going to buy a gun. Yeah. Oh, wow. But we want to do some small game hunting. Oh. Okay. And I thought I want to also see what the process is to document it for this podcast, oh. so I could speak to it. And then I also, you know, I don't know. Some Game, yeah, that's the only reason. See, and that I agree with that, like being able to hunt, get your food, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I don't think people need military grade weapons on the, the streets of America. <laughs> it doesn't seem like we should. Yeah, and Chris brought up a good point in his podcast that you don't have the right to kill people, and they are meant to kill people. Like exactly. If you look at what the tool is made for, the specific thing guns are for is to kill people. Mm-hmm. It's nice that we use them to kill other stuff because it's, I think, potentially you could argue it's more humane, right? Right, it's, right. It's more accurate. And more more likely to kill in one shot with a gun, like a deer or something mm-hmm. like that, than you are with an arrow or something. Right. But it is to kill people. Yep. Just works at killing everything. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know what to think about that either. Yeah, because you should have the right to defend yourself if someone's coming at you. But at the same time, we all know that that's not always how it goes down. <laughs> no, not at all. And okay, so here's a good question, right? All right. So let's say, so do you think it is a right to own a weapon, a firearm? Hmm. So I always kind of interpret it as like it's supposed to be with the, the well regulated militia like yeah that's what it means those people that are regulated know how to use the weapons you know yeah no. so so that okay so like back in the day right the militia was just any able-bodied man right that's how they defined it I mean maybe that wasn't the exact definition but I looked up some stuff about what was a militia in the late 1700s and oh. you know it was an able-bodied man mm-hmm. if people wanted to define themselves as like militia ready right mm-hmm. like let's say they're citizens and you know the neighbors or whatever and they want to say well I want to be a part of the militia who still did things like that. Wouldn't they have to subdue to the fact that they need to then be well-regulated? That they would be under the thumb of mm-hmm. probably the U.S. government and at very least state government, like if they used to be militias uh, by yeah, state. Yeah. So they would have to they're essentially be uh, government employees. Hmm. Well, except for the fact that the Supreme Court's already ruled on this twice. Right, right, right. Uh, in regards to an individual's right to possess a firearm without having to be connected in any way to service yeah. the militia. 
and to use that arm for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense at home. So there have been two cases as recent as 2008 where they just said straight up, uh, militia or not, you know, they, they, they very clearly interpreted it in such a way that it nullified all the arguments that it only applies to a militia situation or organization. A well-regulated militia at the time, I mean, in the historical context of, of why the Second Amendment was worded that way, of course, you had the logistical problem of, of a lack of a central army, which was supplying arms. Yeah, yeah. So the government was relying on gun owners, hunters. You know, well, they like didn't the, want to have like a centralized militia back then, or an army. Right? A central army, that's right, yeah. it, which they, would be an official, that officially. conscripted yeah. army paid for. Like, that didn't exist, and mm-hmm. nobody was interested in that because they just fought that off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was too British. Yeah, and there were thousands of guns that they had used to do that work with, and guns were still evolving. And so they said, okay, well, you know, since a well-regulated militia is necessary to our defense, we're going to let everybody have a gun because mm-hmm. otherwise we're the ones who have to supply the guns from from the central federal government. And we don't have the money or the resources for that. But I think, like, the point I was trying to make was is they were accountable to the government. The type of gun owner that we have today, and the Supreme Court supports this, but I think this is where the problem is. There is no regulation in your just everyday population about guns. There's all in kinds any, of regulations. Well, not in any mean? sense like you would have had if you had, if you were part of a militia where you had to check in once a month mm-hmm. and be trained or be reprimanded. Oh, no, absolutely. For, yeah. yeah, for being a douche or whatever, right? Yeah. Like if you were seen to be, you know, misbehaving or something, there'd be punishments for you doing something stupid with your weapon. And there are. You and can't just, you can't brandish a weapon in public against now, another I'm person. I'm not claiming that there aren't, but not to the level like, I feel like they'd be training them every month and it would be just instilled in them almost like a religion where it's like, look, this is how you act with your weapon. Like in Sweden or something, you mean? Potentially. Like yeah. where they take the weapon home, you know, where they have to serve two years in the military. I don't know oh, if it's yeah. Sweden, but yeah. you know, where they have yeah, to, like where they, yeah. Switzerland, I think I'm thinking of Switzerland. Anyway. I think Israel has to serve two years. Yes, you have to take, you have to serve your two years. Yeah. Everybody does it. Everybody gets trained and then you take your gun home. Mm-hmm. I don't think they give you ammo. I think that's how they <laughs> kind of control <laughs> yeah, it. They like, they charge you extra it's for like I think what is they, the the Kevin Hart or Chris Rock? Oh yeah, it's it, it Chris right? Rock. I think yeah. Yeah, like you know, charge five thousand yeah. dollars for a bullet. <laughs> exactly. You can have as many guns as you want. <laughs> yeah, bullets Those gonna cost you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're gonna cost you. So that's you know that's one way you could regulate it, of course. And in fact, it is. I mean, that was, that's what prevents me from going to a gun range one day. It's expensive and shooting off some rounds is it's mm-hmm. way expensive mm-hmm. for the gun rental, and then they and then you got to buy all the bullets and bullets are expensive i mean it's not a joke it's actually true that's a way to regulate it to a degree to, to shoot as much as i wanted to when i was considering uh you know getting like a a, a pistol or um, a sidearm i thought it's going to be 120 dollars a month wow paying for the range it could be a lot more if i was really going to get into it but like a minimum amount of how much you should be handling the weapon firing the weapon disassembling the weapon cleaning the weapon you know being on point with it right. you don't want to get you know sloppy or lazy or forgetful or whatever you want to have the process down 120 bucks mm-hmm. sounds about right that's a lot that's yeah. why i don't have a gun that's exactly. one of the reasons i don't have yeah. a gun. Right. it's uh it is it prohibitively expensive for you know 
most do you, people. Do you think that the Second Amendment gives us the right to own a gun? Do you think that Absolutely. we have it's, a it's, right? It specifically says that the right to bear arms shall not be infringed upon, right? Yeah. Is the wording. So, in other words, Congress doesn't have anything to say about it. That's actually it. On the sec- and, the, and the Supreme Court's made it clear that this yeah. is a, this, that, you know, this doesn't prohibit states from enacting legislation, mm-hmm. right? As so long as it doesn't, you know, uh, it, it infringe on that. But it is, but it is a federal thing. It's a federal amendment. So, do you have this broad-based right to have a gun? Well, in a general sense, you do, because the federal government says, "Look, we're not going to get in your way on it." But we're not a but part it, of a regulated militia, according to just what it says in there. Well, that's why I cited twice now the Supreme Court decision. Well, I understand that, right? but if you, if, if you take that. away what potentially could be bad decisions by the Supreme Court, they are saying this is how we interpret it, and this is the law of the land, and I get that. Yeah. But let's say let's say we're the we're just here. We're reading the Constitution. What do you think that that clause gives us? I, I don't see personally in the wording. There's three commas in it, <laughs> right? So it's just a big run-on clause essentially. It's talking about to maintain a well-regulated militia. In doing so, it has to be that this militia is going to have to have arms, mm-hmm. and so they have the right to bear them. They're the militia. Essentially, it's giving the people the right in the militia to bear their arms, which essentially means use them, right? Mm-hmm. To have them on person and be a, have the authority to use them. Well, what it specifically states is a well-regulated yeah. militia being necessary to the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Right. I used to interpret this as saying that because a militia is necessary and because we, you know, need this for the security of our nation. Individuals shall not be prohibited from owning arms. This doesn't even say guns. It says arms. Right, right. right? So we're talking swords. We're talking knives. We're talking, you know, anything that would be a halberd. <laughs> anything that would be considered an arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall not be infringed. So this is, you know, we have to kind of go with this. I mean, unless we're talking thought experiments, well, we kind of have to go a little bit with what the Supreme Court has interpreted because that's their job. No, I get that that's your job. I'm not saying we're going to change the law of the land. I'm just saying we would agree that the Supreme Court has made terrible decisions that were, in fact, wrong. Definitely. Okay. Uh, so it is I possible. would say that the Supreme Court has made decisions. We're going to be really technically correct about this. The Supreme Court's made decisions I disagree with. The Supreme Court has made decisions that, given time, we have looked back on and contexts have changed. And we look back on those decisions and say, well, that was a bad ruling, given our current values. Sure. Whereas at the time that the decision was made, the context, you know, the context of the decision was specific to that time, and and, sure. and values change over time. So whereas, where you know, I could say, well, the decisions they made were wrong for now, but that's all we can but, say because we're not going to be a hundred years before or in the, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just trying to be technically correct no, no, about I it. I understand what you're saying. You I know. hear this a lot. I'm sorry, it's a little bit of a to me, it makes too much of a dance of the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand what you're saying. I understand yeah. that people back then thought that that was okay. And so if you were a good guy back then, like we're good guys today, we would probably be more comfortable with it. But times change, tastes change, values change. And values are hugely important when you're talking about moral decisions and ethical decisions, yep. right? What you value is really the bottom line. But it always seems like a way to sort of move stuff around. It's like, can't we just say that like back then when they said, you know, a black person can't have the same rights, Supreme Court stamp. That was wrong. And it might have been accepted, but it was wrong. And I agree I, with that. Okay, okay. I just want to, that's what I wanted to get to. I wanted to understand. Totally understood. That bit. I, I require specificity. I know that. <laughs> because. Yeah, yeah. 
because these kind of conversations lacking specificity, (laughs) I will get this word right eventually. Specificity. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lacking specifics, being too general. You can get into molasses very quickly with that. It's it's true. There there are definitely, I don't know, there are definitely right and wrong ways to go about it. And you do have to like try to open that up and and figure out where that nuance is. I I totally get that. And I'm not trying to stifle that. It's just, I don't know, you were sort of dancing there. I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> the Supreme Court has made bad. De- everybody has. I have. I've, mm-hmm. Everybody makes bad decisions, even groups of people. Exactly. So and I think I think to make the right I think decision. I'm trying to be very exact because I'm saying, well, look, yes, the Supreme Court has definitely made decisions that we look back on now and go, that was just <laughs> fucked up bullshit, right? You know what I almost did? I almost quoted you to you because you said the, something very similar to that in a podcast that I listened to, <laughs> like, and that was just wrong. And I was just like, I'm going to pull that. Yeah, yeah. No, and of course, <laughs> minute one thirty six. The minute, yeah, and of course it was right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that whole thing that I I can't recall right now as I'm sitting here the specifics of it, but I remember that there was an uprising and yeah. that there and that it was well, didn't they have the right to bear arms or something? Yeah, it was yeah. like no, they didn't. no, they don't. Yeah, not don't. the black ones, not the black. People, yeah, they not those right. guys. Those three white guys that died probably. Yeah, they were okay. Yeah, yeah. But the, not the, those one, other the, dudes. the white guys who went and killed those guys. Yeah, they were they Isn't were in the right. I mean, we think that that's crazy. I was listening to that podcast and I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, justice is something you have to claim. You cannot think that other people are going to see it the right way and make the right choice. Like, you have to make justice happen. That is correct. Yeah, that is some, it's like a right right. you have to claim. And that, of course, I I just opens up a whole nother can of worms and doorway to discussion here on the fact that how do you, as a regular citizen of a nation, any nation, how do you claim justice? Yeah. You have to use force. Well, there's a lot of majority and guns issue are to the it ultimate too. force you know equalizer yeah yeah okay that brings us to the we, I w- we were just talking about it so is it a right to have a gun you're yes. you're making a case for one right now i am i think and, yeah. and i and i see i think that you that can make a case for one too i think it's very important that that right exists yeah that right like any right can also be abused sure we give, we grant that people should have a, a right to self-defense. Uh, that doesn't mean you have the right to go kill somebody, as I said right, in my, right. my earlier podcast. doesn't mean you just get to go walk around whacking people. The presence of guns makes it easier to do that. Yeah, like by a lot. Well, I was simply going to say that um, I think one of the fears from people, especially people who might not know a lot about his history or guns, mm-hmm. uh, is that people who like guns, collect guns, use guns, carry guns are by definition dangerous people yeah right or are are walking were well, you saying you know, that they threats. misuse the 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 right essentially well what i'm saying is that there are there's a there's perception problems uh-huh. with with non-educated you know non-gun owners right about gun owners yeah you go talk to gun owners especially responsible ones or ex-military or something these are people who respect their weapons they respect the, the power of it uh-huh. they they do keep their bullets in the safe and the guns in another safe or whatever they 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 you know yeah, have, yeah. They are responsible gun owners which is really nobody regulates that either do they well there's very there there's some how do they there's some does somebody knock on your door someday and say are your bullets not with your 
gun? Let me let me find yeah, out. Me that, well, that's the thing. Exactly. Trying <laughs> to regulate that, things to that level of minutiae is a little bit much. Yeah. Um, but if that's what the law is or whatever, if that's what we're asking. Well, what I was... I, that's why I think it's... I think that there is um, some... This is maybe maybe not the, the exact right word, but maybe some hysteria mm-hmm. or some, you know, uh, exaggerated hyperbolic thinking mm-hmm. on the left about guns. Sure. There is also on the exact... You know, again, making the both sides case, because well, I have to. On the other side, there is carelessness well, with I've guns. Been, there are yeah. there's people who ignore regulations, ignore safety standards, don't keep their guns secured from their children, don't even lock them up. You know, that that, that exists too. So, uh, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that big bit, because there are people who abuse that right, does that mean we shouldn't have that right? Right? Well, Rush yeah, Limbaugh and Alex Jones abuse their freedom of speech from time to time, but does that mean you and I shouldn't have freedom of speech? No, right, I get that. You know, it becomes, so there's like, there's you, so many quagmires to, to fall into in this thing. That's know? one, that is one compelling, excuse me, point that I want to tackle at some point. I, you know, one thing I hear from the right, and this is how I know it's dogma, is that they say, essentially, that, you know, you can regulate it all you want, but people are still going to kill. And it's like, okay, isn't that sort of a given, first of all, so it's not like some magic point. It and seems to me to be a thing of just dogma. coming and breaking up all the toys and walking away. Well, well they know, take this kind of... Kind of do- yeah, it, it's childish, but they take that kind of dogma and then they say, well, if people are going to kill, they could just as easily have gone into wherever Sandy Hook and killed all those kids with a knife. Like, they actually back themselves into this weird corner where it's like, no, 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 hold on. Guns are the best way to kill people, hands down. If you had to kill somebody with your bare hands or a gun, which would you choose? Oh, sure. Or even a sword or a gun. Right. right. Or a gun or a way better gun, right? I, like you're going to yeah, go for the, the way gun. better yeah. gun, right? Like, but they paint themselves into this corner. Like, well, I think I've they had people actually argue trying. that to me that it's just as easy to kill people with a knife. Okay, that's, well, like, that's come on, just not no, true. That's but... fucking dogma. I mean, <laughs> that's how you know that that side has a problem, right? Well, I have I mean, to. Uh, I can't have that perspective. I have to walk back from that and okay. find something in the middle. There's certain. I mean, when you look at the left and the right, there are the the reason that they are different is because there are fundamental basic assumptions about life and and views about things that are different. Yeah, and sometimes those things are so core to the person that they it, it, they could not even imagine that you can't see that already. Yeah, because <laughs> they give it it's such a given, you know. Well, we do that too. Honestly. Of course, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's right. That which is why I pointed it out mm-hmm. because sometimes you have to point out the painfully obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this becomes clear only when you start engaging with people who are on the opposite side from you. When you're with your squad, your team, whatever your people. Peeps, you you're already there on the common ground. You don't have to say it out loud. Yeah, right. You know, freedom of speech. Duh, of course. You know, but sometimes you do have to say this stuff out loud when you're talking to somebody who's coming at it from a wholly different point of view. And I think it's lack of saying some of these things out loud or understanding that these fundamental assumptions even exist. I talk to a lot of people who, that do seem to contradict themselves, though. Do you guys ever? Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah, you run into that, right? I've like, never contradicted myself. <laughs> no, no, in no. Conversation. I, I, I'm not saying you guys. I'm I'm saying, like, I talk to people and they have, like, a deep felt belief, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. for instance, I, I talked to a nice lady. She's a feminist and she was telling me that the issue with abortion is about whether or not it's a person. Mm-hmm. And I said, have you ever considered the issue that I actually uphold, which is bodily autonomy? I think 
a bodily autonomy conversation. And we went back and forth and she agreed with me. And then she kept saying, but it's still about a person. And, and have you ever seen, I mean, people oh, yeah. that have like, I guess it's cognitive dissonance, right? When they, they well, recognize what you're saying is true, but then have a, a different statement that somehow contradicts that. And then they kind of, you ever see them do that? <laughs> they get the well, puzzle yeah, back on their that, face yeah. and they go, but, 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 but it's about personhood, you know? Let's get back to the Second Amendment for a second. So right before we started talking, I mentioned um, that I sort of laid out a landscape. And on one side, there's everybody has a gun, which seems like some of the things that I hear from the right. I don't know if you guys hear the same things, but sometimes there's a, a person with a loud voice and maybe a small group of people behind them that says something like that. And we get a little rah-rah mm-hmm. on Twitter or whatever. But then on the other side, there's nobody has any guns. And I've also heard that sort of narrative, or it seems mm-hmm. like that is something that the left is pushing, at least on its extremes. I think there's plenty of people in the middle. But these aren't I, just, I seriously consider that argument. Yeah. But these aren't just like things that nobody's ever thought of. We're not just pulling this out of the thin air. So, sure. But we are Although there's the nobody arguing seriously for either one of those positions. Nobody's taking them seriously. The people that aren't. Yeah. I mean, I, they I don't might know be... a single person who is arguing all guns or no guns. That, those, that's just defining the spectrum. But Sure. Okay. Yeah. So one side, no guns. One side, all guns. Yeah. Do you guys have a preference for which direction we go in? I recognize we're not on either end of the mm-hmm. spectrum. We're somewhere in the middle. But which preference do you guys just think I mean, we should move in? I'd say less guns, uh, but not all guns go away. You know, I mean, obviously the police and military and everything should have guns, but, you know, and responsible gun owners. I just want there to be more regulation for people that are not responsible people and shouldn't have those weapons in their possession. Huh? People so, that commit domestic violence should not have guns. Right. But you would say less guns. Yeah. Would you have a direction? More guns or less guns? It's a conflicting thing for me. Yeah, me too. Um, Because context is everything for me when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, as a thought experiment, my ideal world would be a world that didn't have any guns in it. Yeah, me too. That world is never going to exist. Mm-hmm. So it's it's no. kind of just in the realm of thought experiment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And then it's kind of like, okay, well then, are there knives? Are there are there cannon? Are there aircraft? Are there ballista? Are there catapults? Are there bows and arrows? You know, I, you just kind of okay, well, you know, it's this idyllic Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Sure, in the greatest of all possible polyanna worlds but i you know my mind races to the practical which is, is you know hey that's just that's that's a nice thought experiment but is there a in either of your cases or, or sorry both of your cases is there something specifically that props up that idea like less guns would be better because or no guns in your in the case of your statement would be ideal because is there well, something that would really remove people's ability to so easily do violence on yeah. against one another okay so yeah. this is a violence driven right sure people on people murder yeah, yeah. Okay. do you guys think on just sort of a side note before we come back to guns because there's other stuff I want to talk about that we're getting to a point in society where we're needing guns less and less to keep people civil do you think that the I don't I'm not always convinced that people's behavior is all that affected by this idea that they're going to get shot like if I go do this bad thing like other than the people that say I'm going to go be an active shooter and then get shot by the police like that's their that's their goal they're going out to be an active yeah they're going out to be an active shooter to get killed I don't know that like a lot of crime or a lot of property destruction or a lot of whatever mob mentality or whatever, I'm not sure that they're thinking or, or there are people on the sidelines like, well, I'm not doing that because I'll get shot. Do you, 
you think that's... I think it's definitely deterrent. There's yeah? the, oh, okay. Absolutely. It, and it's impossible to measure, of course, because you're measuring a negative. Sure. How do you measure that? Well, mm-hmm. I didn't shoplift today because <laughs> I saw yeah. the security guard with his sidearm well, and, it, it, and it impelled me to realize that I'm, you know, I shouldn't be doing that. Nobody answers surveys of that. <laughs> There's no statistical yeah. information available for that. Yeah. I guess it does seem to deter it statistically. So we can, we can rest a... I think, yeah. I think we're pretty, I think we're on pretty safe ground that, yeah. you know, law enforcement, you know, having, having access to those things. Uh, not even necessarily brandishing them in public. I mean, the British police, for example, don't walk around loaded for bear, so mm. to speak, but they do have access. If they sure, need yeah. to, they can, they can produce it. So law enforcement, you know, has its symbology. That, that symbology is important to keep order. And so that's a necessary, I think it's a necessary component because we're, <laughs> pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've I don't think we've really conquered that side of ourselves. Yeah, no, we have, we not. have not. I don't think we're there. No, we nature. have not. What could we do? Do you guys think? What do you think would be a really effective? I don't know if it would be legislation or if it would be like a social change that happens from just people in general, not necessarily the government, but what could we do to move in the direction that you see us wanting to go? Like less guns in your case and potentially no guns in your case. Is there anything that uh, Well, no. There there isn't anywhere we're going to go. Where that's going to happen. Well, what hmm. would you, do you? Can you think of anything, any kind of policy or any kind of anything that we could change to get us in the direction that you want to go? Sure, we can implement the Australia solution, but right. that's not going to happen in the United States. No. no. Well, what is the Australia solution? To your understanding, guns. yeah, they, they did a buyback, buyback right? Yeah. So they, yeah, they, they it was collected, a mandatory buyback. It was mandatory. Yeah, yeah okay. they collected up all the guns. And so, if you, if you're a farmer or a person who lives out in the outback where you literally are, you know, yeah, you're going to have coming around yeah <laughs> right because the Australian outback's a real thing you know yeah. um, then you have rifles or you have guns I mean hardly anybody has a handgun in Australia other than like say private security or, or law enforcement but um, that kind of a solution certainly will work to bring down gun violence it'll bring down suicide by gun sure. rates it'll bring down gang gun rates it'll bring down all of it mm-hmm. because you're just t- removing guns from the environment so when when the right screams, they're coming to take our guns. Is that what they're worried about? They're, they're looking exactly at Australia they're and they're like, yes. we're going to do that do, if yeah. we don't make a stand. Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. that's where that fervor comes from. Absolutely. That's where yeah. that oh, yeah. From my cold, from. dead hands. Yeah, right. exactly. I get that then from their perspective. Like, uh, I understand yeah. why they're so upset. I don't know, though, if, if, okay, let's say I was a gun owner, right? I'm not yet, but let's say I was. And you're saying in Australia, the only people that have guns are the ones that really need them to protect themselves from wildlife and maybe each other. It's a little regulated there. Yeah. So, I wouldn't be able to have a gun. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to go hunting. They must be able to go hunting though, right? Do they go rent guns or something? And hunt? I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure. Let's mm-hmm. say for this experiment that they do. Okay. Right. I mean, I, th- I think they I think they have some hunting. They must be able to go hunting. I mean, yeah. There's kangaroos everywhere. You, people want to shoot them. Well, yeah, but again, if you're, you have to register as a hunter sort of thing. I mean, like, sure, sure. Yeah. You have to do that here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they're worried about that. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what a lot of us left the... I wouldn't... I think I would be okay with that. Just doing the Australia solution? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I'd be okay with that, and then go hunting, like yeah, on a, yeah. on some kind of you know used gun or whatever, or maybe I have a gun at a bank somewhere, you know, like hmm. a gun bank. Yeah. So it's my gun, and when I go hunting, I use it. Yeah. But I don't get to hold on to it. Yeah, you I don't, don't know get to keep it in your do. house or carry it around with you when yeah. you're at the mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't do that. 
I can't I can't be that guy. Yeah. I think I would be okay with that. So okay, so are we adding some kind of fuel to this right fire, the right wing fire thing, right? Like we're talking about it sensibly. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a sensible solution to take everybody's guns. So, I mean it is, but I don't think it's ever gonna happen. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, is that what I'm actually wanting? Hmm. So is their narrative about my am I an extremist now? I think I, they would think that. Yeah. Have we just talked ourselves into being extremists <laughs> <laughs> from their perspective. From their right? perspective, I think so. They're like, oh my god. They want to take our guns. Mm-hmm. Well, I do. I do want to take their guns. I think I just talked myself into it. Cause I was going to say, I think there's some people, though, that, you know, if they do certain crimes or whatever, you can go, okay, you don't get a gun anymore. You know? Can I agree it's with true, that? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's preventative. That's we do right. take that right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, yeah, because I'm not over in the area of, okay, well, everybody gets a gun. No, right, I get right. it. Because yeah. that's just as whack, right? Yeah. I mean, of course there are people, you know, um, I, I think convicted felons. Mm-hmm. I think that certainly, violent you know, felons, yeah. violent felons, certainly, right? I mean, I think this three strikes thing and, you know, you got caught with pot three times and now you're in jail for 10 years. You get out. I'm not, I don't want that guy to not be able to defend himself. Right, right. A violent felon who, you know, just did a rap for, you know, rape and murder. Yeah, that guy nowhere goes, to, sorry, yeah, you just lost that right. I'm yeah. <laughs> sorry, bud. That, that's the that's consequences of your actions. Yeah, yeah. You can have changed. Can't be you can be a great person now. Uh, you can be a fully rehabilitated person. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you ain't getting mm-hmm. the gun. <laughs> right. You know, you've proven already in your life that, you know, that it, until our science moves forward to the to the to the certainty that this person will not, you know, right. yeah. re- recommit. Yeah, yeah, we have a long right? way to go. We got a long oh, way to yeah. go on that. So, uh, you know, so so you know, so does your right to be safe prohibit my right to defend myself well, from bad guys? Hmm. Let's let's yeah, you know? let's let's lay it out a little bit. I want to see if I can articulate this a little. So, essentially we're saying that the right to be able to defend yourself cuz it let's be real, right? A gun is the best way to defend mm-hmm. yourself. Like Absolutely. If, even though you don't want any guns around, if somebody was coming at you with a knife, you yeah. want a gun, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, okay, we already went through this, but yeah. I'm just saying. All right, so the right to defend your, excuse me, the right to defend yourself, so essentially to have a gun, supersedes the right for other people. Um, let's see. To Let me think. How, how is this It doesn't going really how supersede did I, anybody else's rights. How did I... That's the thing. I got screwed up there. How did I get screwed up? I'm not sure. There's two rights in conflict here. They're not necessarily in conflict. No? Right? Your right to safety or safe life or your right to life sure. is not in necessarily uh, except in certain specific circumstances is not is not impinged upon by my right to own a weapon mm-hmm. uh, right to own and bear arms and protect myself with said arms right if you certain context for example right because mm-hmm. we're going to talk in these big broad things you have a right to life that life that right always exists if you attack me with a butcher's knife or a gun or a sword or anything I have to now defend myself my right to my life means I have to impinge on to some degree your right to your life because you're trying to you you started it you're trying to take my life away from me mm-hmm. right or you're threatening my life in some fashion so my only retaliation might be to end your life so is that a bad thing if I, I do that I think we I think we described it all exactly the way like best when you said essentially like a person's right to go murder somebody with a gun yeah is, that's a right you don't have not something that you have no. first of all that's right and your right to own a gun if you do commit murder should be taken away from you. Exactly. Because the right of people to live, 
in a right? broad sense is more yeah, important than your individual. Yeah, we already know you're going to kill somebody. Right? That's right. So you don't get the right to have a gun. Exactly. Because that, other, our right that, to live is more important than your right to defend yourself, potentially. Because I would kind of like to have a gun if somebody's going to kill me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have that right. And I think, I mean, this is sort of anecdotal, but most of the gun owners I've known, except for maybe one, have been very responsible. And they don't, you know, they keep their bullets separate from their guns and they keep them locked up and that kind of thing. You know, I've only known like one guy that was an idiot about it. So I think, yeah. I you wish know, I only knew one idiot. <laughs> I know, me too. Me too. You know. But no, but you're right. And it, and yeah. and the gun owners that I have known and, and been educated by, I mm-hmm. uh, had on my own podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are, uh, generally speaking, they have been pretty responsible people. Mm-hmm. So they're not the ones I'm actually in conflict with. Right. Yeah. I feel like there could be, if you did take all the guns away, there could be sort of a positive feedback loop in that the murderers that we agree everybody's going to, there's going to be murderers, right? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be as easy for them to murder and maybe less murderers because it's not so easy anymore, right? Mm-hmm. There's a barrier to entry of being a murderer. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the activity would happen less. So that kind of sways me back a little bit. Like, is it worth it to get rid of like a certain percentage of murderers? I don't know. I mean, you get stuck in that weird place where it's like, I want one for me, but I don't want any of you guys yeah. having yeah. any. <laughs> right? like, Nobody else gets one. Yeah. That's, that's, just one guy. That's right. Mine. That's right. One thing I took from this podcast that I really started to see a theme and a pattern in the people that I was talking to is pretty much nobody likes thought experiments. They don't like it. They they don't engage in it. They don't see the value in it. I'm not sure why. Perhaps it has something to do with um, you know their ability to think abstractly, but I run into this problem often. So, you know, in most of my discussions with people, I try to set some parameters so that we can understand sort of the playing field that we're in, even though those parameters aren't absolutely true, right? Like no guns, that's not real. Everybody has a gun, that's not real. But I wanted to sort of set the stage. And, you know, I got really reluctant buy-in from the Sheltons on this. Melissa seemed to be more apt to it than Chris. But, you know, I got the same problems with the Midwest Misanthrope. I had the same problems with other people on the show who don't seem to be able to take on board that we are potentially, for instance, rewriting the Constitution right now. Like, I I had a discussion with a friend of mine, and, you know, people always bring in, oh, but the law says this. Well, I know what the law says, or maybe I don't know, but I generally don't care what should the world be like? Let's discuss that. Let's discuss some solutions to these problems, even if they're not, you know, terribly relevant because of the current situation we're in. So, for instance, with the Constitution, I I have a a mind to essentially rewrite the Constitution, and I'm going to publish it, and I'm going to publish a series on it on on season three of Ear Seduction, right? I had an in-depth conversation with somebody about doing that, about writing the Constitution, and all he kept saying was, well, we already have a Constitution. It's like, yeah, but that Constitution says that African Americans are one third of a man or two thirds of a man or something like that, that they don't count. And when it says men, all men are created equal, they're actually just talking about men. They don't even think about women. That was an interpolation afterwards that people said, well, when they when they said men, they meant mankind as in women too. It's like, no, 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 they didn't. We had to have an amendment to allow women to vote. So they weren't talking about the rights of women. We really could improve the constitution 
even just by a couple of words. And we're not doing that because, oh, we already have a constitution and we already have all the amendments and blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't, I don't really understand what people's problem is with rewriting history, with not necessarily writing over what was said. We need to read the current constitution to understand why it's screwed up. But why can't we write a new constitution? Why can't we remake the world as we see fit? Why can't we at least, at the very least, in conversation do these things? I don't understand the drawback to thinking like this. And I don't understand the, you know, sort of rejection. It's like, well, uh, what do you want to have these mind experiments? Why would we do that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe to think about what might be possible. <laughs> I'll give you another example just, just, to, just to lay it out for you. So, I've been thinking a lot about what it might be like to have a post-money society. Now, clearly, we have money in society, and clearly, it's a big deal. But it occurs to me, and to a lot of people, that money is something that we have invented in order to grease the wheels of commerce. It's it's not really that money doesn't exist. I wouldn't go that far. I and mean, we didn't really make it up. We invented it. It's a tool. It's much like contracts or agreements between parties, right? These are tools so that we can engage in activities with one another. But if you think about it, all the stuff that we produce, we could still produce even if we didn't have any money, even if money didn't exist or we abolished it. Everything that we do, we could still go do even without money. The big question that would come to mind in the case of an economist or anybody else is, well, what would be the incentive? See, money aligns our incentives. The reason people go to their corporate jobs to make a billionaire more rich than he already is, is because they get incentivized to do that with money. The reason why people do almost everything that they do other than their leisure time and spending time with their children and things that people claim actually matters, right? They say, well, this actually matters in my life. I do that for money, but this is what I really care about, my wife or my husband or my mother or my daughter or whatever, right? Those things don't involve money and all the activities that you do don't necessarily have to involve money, but that is what we invented to incentivize people. And it works. It works pretty well. But what might society be like without money? What would it look like? What would it? What would motivate people then? What would incentivize people then? How might we accomplish this society? I don't know. I would love to have that mind experiment. But so far, everybody I talk to pretty much doesn't like to have mind experiments. They complain. You heard Chris doing it in this podcast. Like, oh, well, what? What? Meanwhile, he's getting mired down in all these little idiosyncrasies of the of the context. I'm trying to simplify things so we can find a path through. And he's talking about, you know, every single detail of every single thing to the point where I'm rolling my eyes re-listening to it. Now, I've said in previous podcasts, I probably won't be having any more discussions with Christopher. Uh, he's a nice guy and everything. It just didn't work out, right? It's not a, what I want to do on my show. But this is good content. And I think we did get somewhere in this conversation. I think we spoke, even though at the end of our speaking, I still didn't know if I was pro or anti-gun. And I still kind of don't. I mean, what we said stands. It would be great if nobody had a gun. But when you're being murdered, even if it's being murdered by somebody who doesn't have a gun, you'd love to have a gun to, to protect yourself. And the reality of the situation is that guns exist and they're here and everybody has them pretty much. Now, the Australia solution seems viable. It's It worked in Australia and they're not that dissimilar to us. So why not? Why not an Australia solution? We'll get into that more. And I'll try to actually bring more solutions to the table as I develop this show, as I develop these conversations, as I develop my understanding of them. And for you, so that you can bring this stuff on board, because you're really the reason why I'm doing this. I'm reaching out into the world 
world to expand my scope, to cast a wider net, because I want you, the listener, to be engaged. And I want you to feel like you've got something out of this show. Now, I can tell you already, listener, I'm sorry that we haven't gotten really all that far. What we've found out is a lot of people that I talk to seem to be very confused on a wide number of topics, (laughs) or they're inarticulate, or they don't want to do the mind experiment or whatever. And to some degree, I'm going to change up my tactics so that I can find things people do want to do so that we can get to the bottom of this. But there is, and if you listen to what was said, there is a lot to say about some of these topics. So my guests had some really good points to make, and I'm really glad that they came on the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you have something you'd like to say, you can email me at earseductionpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Ear Seduction.